The Manhattan City Commission heard a progress report last night on the Beyond Tomorrow downtown plan. Senior planner Ben Schmiel with Manhattan's Community Development Department presented several different models showing potential changes for downtown based on future growth models and public feedback. Commissioner Karen McCullough says she wants the city to be future-focused when considering any new improvements and also be flexible in its zoning requirements downtown. What I'm saying is I'm, I'm really concerned that we plan for a new kind of um, lifestyle, perhaps, that we found during COVID we could do and many people really embraced. The plan includes a possibility of additional housing in the downtown area, including senior housing, as well as a redevelopment of the riverfront. Commissioner John Mata says he's been on a committee exploring density issues and improving walkability downtown. One of our comments was the congestion we were going to create and how would we work the parking I know we were looking at trying to keep it walkable and get to everything, but that was really our big concern is could we have all those people mm-hmm. down there? And while we may say we don't want them to have cars, pretty much everyone wants to have at least one car. The city will be presented with a finalized plan for future downtown redevelopment coming up in early April. Members of the public voiced concerns Monday regarding the Riley County USD 378 school board's handling of Superintendent Cliff Williams' contract. Williams has been on administrative leave since January 8th. A pair of former school board members spoke, including Chris White, who was on the board in December when Williams' contract was extended. Her term expired at the end of the year, and the new board soon reversed that decision on a 4-3 to three vote. White says she's extremely disturbed by what she calls an apparent calculated decision. These actions appear anything but trustworthy and call into question the integrity and the character of this process. The board has been consistently split, which tells me there is good reason to doubt the authenticity of whatever allegations are being made. White says there were zero issues of any wrongdoing or potential legal issues regarding Mr. Williams. That's a fact confirmed by Board President Samantha Brown last month with News Radio KMAN. Former school board member Randy O'Boyle urged the board to carefully weigh their decisions and ensure they have all their information correct. Use this opportunity to think about those decisions that you've made. Because a lot of times decisions aren't easy. And we try to teach the kids and we try to teach our youngsters as they're growing up that you have to be careful about people's reputation. You have to be careful about the decisions you make because they have consequences far beyond what you might assume. The board voted 4-3 to three last week to authorize Hoover Law Firm of Junction City to carry out negotiations on behalf of the district. The board also signed a resolution Monday accepting the resignation of Jeff Hancock from the board. Fellow board member Nathan Mead read Hancock's resignation letter out loud to the board and the public. It is evident based on the push by a few, sensible input doesn't matter. Decisions by a majority of the board are being made reactively out of emotion instead of based on what is best for the district. Hancock's letter addressed concerns with an initial lack of communication from certain board members with others, which he says could have led to a different outcome and an equivalent outcome with less cost. The letter went on to state, quote, uh, very accusatory words were used without due diligence based on selective and inconclusive evidence to support either, end quote. Meade and fellow board member Justin Ricketts later in the meeting moved to reinstate Superintendent Williams, but that was voted down 4-2. to two. Geary County authorities arrested a Junction City man on Monday for allegedly attempting to flee law enforcement while he tried to make it to a court hearing in Manhattan. The Geary County Sheriff's Activity Report notes that Jordan Prather was arrested just after noon Monday in Junction City. The Manhattan Mercury reports that Prather, who was originally charged with first-degree murder, was on his way to be sentenced for three aggravated assault convictions in Riley County District Court. The deputy also discovered that Prather was driving with a suspended license and an invalid license plate and was also on probation. 
As a result, Prather missed his hearing and also delayed co-defendant Edward Wright's sentencing. The pair have entered plea deals requiring them each to serve 27 months in prison along with two years of probation. They were co-defendants in the February 2022 shooting death of Joshua Wardy in the Aggieville area. Fellow co-defendant Tremel Montgomery was convicted last fall of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to life in prison. Spring burning season is just around the corner, and Riley County Fire District Number 1 has announced it's going to team up with Kansas Forest Service for some fire safety education later this month. A free prescribed fire and controlled burn class will take place at 6 o'clock February 28th at Potter Hall. Registration is not required. The class is recommended to anyone who conducts controlled agricultural burning in Riley County. The course will not include a live fire, but it does aim to educate on the safe and effective use of fire as a land management tool. The course will be led by Bryce Haverkamp, the Northeast District Fire Management Officer with Kansas Forest Service. And the 6th Annual Pancakes for Pawnee event was held last night at the early edition on the west side of Manhattan. Pawnee Mental Health CEO Robin Cole says the event's proceeds support those who don't have health insurance and need mental health assistance. It's become more important with the need for mental health services rising in the community. Those who came out received pancakes in a drive through fashion, something Cole says was implemented as a result of the COVID pandemic. And so then in 2021, we moved to this um, this drive through and delivery model, and it worked so well. Turnout once again was high, and in addition to pancakes, guests who came out were also greeted by Willie the Wildcat. Good morning, I'm Troy Coverdale with your sports headlines. High school basketball last night, Manhattan Hides boys beat Emporia 47-36. Wamigo falls to Clay Center 50-38. Rock Creek handles Chapman 66-39. Riley County gets by Council Grove 41-32. Junction City over Hayden 73-58. In girls action, the Manhattan High girls unable to pull off the upset over Emporia, who remains unbeaten in Centennial League play and 16-1 overall. 44-43 the final. Wamigo's girls fall to Clay Center, 37-27. Riley County's girls best Council Grove, 44-22. The Chapman girls drop Rock Creek, 52-33. And Junction City falls to Hayden, 58-20. Frankfurt's girls over Onega, 70-46. Blue Valley Randolph falls to Centralia, 63 The latest KBC 8 rankings released ahead of Tuesday's games. They saw a drop in the rankings for both the Rock Creek boys and Wamigo girls. Rock Creek's boys falling to number 9 in the latest rankings after they dropped a contest last Tuesday to Marysville. In the 4A girls rankings, Wamigo fell to number 4 following a road loss to Chapman and a narrow win over Abilene. The Junction City boys remained in the top 5 in 6A this week, checking in at number 4 for a second consecutive week. Frankfurt girls also in the top five in the 1A Division I rankings at 13-4. and four. They picked off a couple of dominant wins last week before last night's play. The full rankings available for you at newsradiokman.com. K-State's Aoka Lee named to the Naismith Trophy midseason team for the second time in her career. While shelved recently with ankle surgery, the senior is shooting a career-best 68% from the field while averaging 20 points and 8 rebounds a game, along with three block shots. She's also a Lisa Leslie Award finalist, one of 10 for that award, and is nearing returning for the Wildcats, who visit Iowa State tonight at 6.30. Coverage on News Radio KMAN and Sunny 102.5 gets underway at 6 o'clock. Downtown Kansas City is turning into a sea of red this Valentine's Day. The Chiefs fans to celebrate a third Super Bowl title in five seasons with a parade. As many as one million people are expected today.